August 18, 2023. I am Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. I never get tired of talking about that. Probably because it's true and it's awesome. Uh, I want to talk today about learning by pain. I think that there's a lot of pain going on in the world today. And as I um, finish this one last thing, I'm sorry, folks. As I finish this one last thing, uh, there's a lot of pain in our world today. And I think that one of the major uh, ways to recognize pain in our world is that we now have we have a government that is more by edict and unlawful conduct than we do the rule of law. This is not to say that government has ever been perfect or that it's ever been good. And I'm not going to try to use nostalgic glasses or rose-colored lenses. I believe that truth must be vigilantly and vociferously advanced, guarded, defended, argued for, and unequivocated on. And I think that as people are recognizing injustice, and as they're in pain today, you can start to see that people are starting to think differently. But I want to investigate the difference between thinking differently and learning by pain. Thinking differently is just being manipulated or swayed to a different position or you don't think the way that you used to think. Maybe you have a different logical sequence of how you process things. Most people don't think about the way that they think. That's called metacognition. It's meta outside your cognition, your thinking. Outside of your thinking, people don't think about the way that they think. And many times, if you do start to think about the way that you think, it's very hard to identify your bias. I used to start this live stream out with uh, the fact that I was a biased Trump supporter, that I was a Christian, that I was a uh, combat veteran, that I, I, used to, I used to begin this live stream by announcing what my bias was. And the reason why I did that was so that people could understand the frame, the philosophy, the worldview that I'm bringing to this uh, to this program, to this live stream. And so I used to, I, I used to do that. I stopped it. I now focus more on the God. I just straight up talk about Jesus and the gospel. But the reason why I would always point out the paradigm, the worldview, is because that's important. That, that is decisively important. And as people are in pain, I want them to learn by that pain. And part of learning by that pain is to lose your bias. If your bias has put you in a position of pain, you need to investigate your bias and you might have to change your mind. And this is one of the hardest things to do because of pride. People don't want to be wrong. I believe it fundamentally comes down to God is God and we are not. And because God is God, when God says stuff, that's true. That's good. When we say stuff, let God be true and every man a liar, Romans 3. The interesting part is that as we follow God and follow Jesus and learn from the Bible and think about that, our mind is renewed. And I want to investigate that because corrupt and lawless government is creating a lot of pain. In the second portion of today's broadcast, I'm going to be walking through a how-to. We're going to be talking about status in the law. And I'm going to show everything. 
I think that the more that people learn through their pain, learn by their pain, you will have a different way of thinking, a different way of understanding things. And I think that that's absolutely and eminently necessary. To begin with, I want to point to uh, this guy, uh, what's his name, Podesta. This guy, Podesta, is at the White House talking about climate change. You may have heard, and we covered briefly last week, the fires in Lahaina, Hawaii. The official story that people are perpetuating that I can't verify and I believe is flimsy is that hurricane force winds with no rain, hurricane force winds came off the, the, from the Pacific. Again, no, no water, no water with these hurricane force winds, but no rain. Hurricane force winds knocked over these telephone poles and because everything was bone dry in Hawaii, a tropical island, um, everything burned to the ground. Cars were incinerated. They were fused to the concrete. That's really hot wildfires. I've seen the, the, the footage of the wildfires in California before. I ain't never seen no cars melded to the pavement. People talk about direct energy weapons. My point is that there is this, there's these humanitarian crisis, there's these fires going on in Hawaii, and you've got Podesta at the White House speaking about the fact that they need to do the Inflation Reduction Act in order to fight climate change. Not only is this a, a logical non sequitur, like inflation doesn't lead to climate change. That, that right there is the type of gender-jumping mental leap that was only able to be done by people who hate Jesus and call themselves Democrats, liberals, godless commies at all. So this is already stupid, but that's not what we're governed by anymore. Is We're not governed by intelligence or common sense. So this logical leap, like that of a male becoming a female, is allowed to be foistered, it's propagandized, and it is now entering the eyes and the ears of the key terrain of the mind for a bunch of the people who pay attention to this stuff. But he's saying this because he's got to get a hook into justifying what he's doing. Here is the Podesta clip, and then we will walk and talk after. To stop these disasters from getting even worse, we have to cut the carbon pollution that's driving the climate crisis, and that's what the Inflation Reduction Act is all about. Yeah, that's, uh, oh shoot, I turned my mic off. That's it's just done. It's just dumb. Inflation Reduction Act talking about climate change. And wouldn't you know that it's happening right on the heels of all these fires in Hawaii, the type of car incinerating fires. Now, this is a video. I did not load it, but this is a video that shows the community rallying. I like to see this. This is a video of the people in Hawaii. Watch this commentary follows. And let me show you another community private member, not part of the community, but certainly giving to the community. Starlink, everywhere. Tesla, batteries, running communications for this entire area of Lahaina. That is where everyone comes. I just want to show you something, okay? So you know what you're giving to, what it's helped saving, okay? Just want to show you what you've become a part of as well, Elon. There's the line. Right there. There's the line. That's how close it got to the community leader, Archie Kalepa's house, which is now the whole neighborhood powered by Starlink and Tesla. As they'd say, man, appreciate you. Now, I'm not doing that to do a Tesla Starlink advertisement promo. I'm doing it to show the fact that private actors are solving the problems. 
Now, this has been what we call in Oklahoma the Oklahoma standard. Anytime that there's a tornado or hazardous, you know, uh, you know, weather event, and people's homes or property are destroyed, people are in a calamitous position. This is where people help other people. Uh, I believe fundamentally that even though we are sinners and wretched in our heart, when we see the pain of other image bearers of God, like recognizes like. Because we're made in God's image, there is a natural desire to help and to care for other people. We also have a natural desire that God didn't give us, which is to sin and be idolatrous and do what we want, which is always a competition. But this is why you can have people that will band together during a time of calamity. Now, for me, with the pain that we've been going through the last couple of years, the COVID lockdowns, the jab for jobs, the maskings, the inflation, the Ukraine dollars, all this other stuff, these godless commies, the elections, with all of that going on, that's caused a lot of pain. It's caused me a lot of pain. And in my pain, I have learned differently. I have learned to think differently. Namely, I don't take what the government or people from government say with any kind of truth anymore. And if I can go one step further, I don't trust anybody on anything that they say. I demand to see where it is written in the law that, th that something has to be done. But it's more important than that. And this is where I want to be very, very delicate. In America, our constitutional republic, you and I have rights. We hold our rights. No one else holds our rights. And because you are responsible for what Jesus gave you, your rights, the powers of free action, no one else is. So that means that you, like these people are demonstrating, when something bad happens, they are all exercising their right to liberty. Every single last one of them are exercising their liberty. The donations, that's liberty. The organizing the, the camps to give out the food and stuff, that's exercised liberty. Because the government isn't directing it. No one's telling them to do it. They are just naturally doing it. They are naturally doing it because all of these individual people are choosing to contribute and exercise their right to liberty. They have the power to act and they are acting. Which is interesting to me because there's reports from Hawaii where the government is interdicting supplies and money. People are, like the Red Cross I heard, was taking money, taking 25% to staffing and administrative functions and then like siphoning money off elsewhere. So money would be coming in by right of liberty people freely doing things and then it would get siphoned off and go all sorts of directions what if question what if the people in their use of liberty instead of waiting for a calamity to happen went on offense and started telling the government what the law was that they had to obey that they've already sworn to now the skeptics in the back will say well this doesn't happen no one does that we don't care we live in a lawless society is my biggest pet peeve the constitution doesn't matter says the person who absolutely doesn't know what the constitution says or what it's designed to do because if people say the constitution doesn't matter that's coming from a perspective that doesn't understand the duty of living in a republic here's my point most people today have been programmed to respond to bad stuff 
I'm saying America was prosperous and flourishing because Christians did not respond. Christians went on offense. Christians were advancing. Christians were bold. Christians did not deny the fact that if someone is doing wrong, they would say, you are doing wrong. Now this, I'm not rose-colored lenses here. I'm not nostalgic here. I'm not trying to say that things were obviously always better then than they are now because you get the moron in the back going, well, what about slavery? And those people are just morons. Those people need Jesus because that's just stupid, demonic, stupid, dumb thinking. But my point is, the fires happened in Hawaii. And now you've got the government saying, climate change is causing all this and we need to pass the Inflation Reduction Act. So if the government is stupid enough... To, or evil enough to see the fires in Hawaii and then you know use that as the moral justification to shove through something that is absolutely unlawful and people just take it we've been trained to when we hear that be like well this isn't right that's not conservative oh no we've been trained to be stupid we've been trained because we've been we learn dumbly and pain, this pain that we're in, the pain that the, I believe the world is going through is an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to learn. Here is a picture of the IRS training. These are IRS agents. IRS CID, which stands for Criminal Investigation Division, which, you know, <laughs> oh boy, I could go off on that. But this is them, you know, practicing shooting somebody. This is a bunch of diversity hire IRS agents where you've got like 90,000 full-time IRS agents. These are the people that work for the IRS, the bean counters, the folks that would come after you for any kind of, uh, you know, tax issue. Pay all your taxes. Pay, pay all the taxes you owe. Um, and, but here is a, a response, or here's an article from yesterday. IRS agent shot and killed by another agent in training accident in Phoenix per ABC 15 sources. Now, I'm not going to say, first of all, it's a tragedy, and I want them to know Jesus. I hope the person who shot knows Jesus. Because if you die, you go to the Creator, and that is the court of heaven, and he will make his determination. The book of, book of Hebrews says, it's appointed once for a man to die, and then comes the judgment. When you die, that is either heaven or hell. Um, and you get no do-overs. There is no do-overs. There's no such thing as purgatory. So that's where I care about that person's salvation. But my question, and this is where most conservatives would go. Most conservatives would say, why are the IRS agents with guns? That's where most people would go. Most people would say, why are the IRS agents with guns? My thinking goes, what does the IRS intend to do with those guns such that it would need to, you know, to train them? Of course. But what does it envision those purpose? What, what does it envision the purpose as? This is where most people are going to be hanging out. Most people in the conservative podcasting sphere, if they talk about this, they'll be hanging out in the idea of IRS agents with firearms. So there's obviously a blending of the administration, which is IRS, you know, you know, looking at taxes and forms and filings and stuff, with a with an enforcement component. So you've got administration blending with enforcement, right? Those two things are now happening. They're blending together, which is why they're doing firearms training. So it's bad that the person died. I want them to know Jesus. It reflects the fact that training is dangerous, especially if you train as you fight. But I'm looking at these diversity hires going, why would they ever have guns? Why do you need to blend the administrative with the executive, with the enforcement? But now let's go one step further. 
I want to go because we're learning through the pain. I want to say, where do you guys get the authority to do what you're doing? Not the fact that you're doing it. See, this is where the conservative mantra will stop. It will stop with going, well, why do they have guns? Which is a great question. And I'm politically, like, that's, that's where I'm at politically. But go one step further and ask, where did they get the authority to do that? See, that's what we have to believe to, that's what I believe we have to learn by pain. Because the pain that has, the pain that we are, the, the, the pain, I can't talk today. The pain that we are experiencing is happening, unless you just have no pain, and amen. And by the way, if you're hurting or depressed or suicidal or broken and, and heartbroken and just things suck, amen. God bless you. Don't quit. Look to Christ. Believe that there will be justice. Believe that God's wrath will be satiated. Um, you know, believe that he has vengeance. Vengeance is mine, thus saith the Lord. Romans 12, amen. So, give that to Jesus. Give it to the foot of the cross and Charlie Mike. Continue mission. But if you're in this pain, recognize that it didn't just come. There's a reason why. If God's trying to teach you like he does Job, amen. God bless. Like, stand firm. If, however, it's a consequence of lack of vigilance, if it's a negligence or from indulgence or depravity or bad understanding, bad knowledge, bad reasoning, this is where you need to investigate your bias. This is where you need to investigate what you let in through your eyes and your ears for your key terrain with the prize of the soul. This is where you need to investigate your bias. Most conservatives will look at this story and they'll camp out at the idea, why does the IRS have guns? And that question, why do they have guns and why are they doing stuff? That is mainline conservative commentary. But that is not helping you any. any. That doesn't do anything. That is training you. Get this. That is training you to complain. That is training you to point out where things don't make sense. But see, I got rights from Jesus. I got talents from Christ. I'm supposed to put them to work. I'm supposed to do something with them. I'm supposed to have an impact. He's the one that's responsible for the outcome. My, my duty is to obey. His glory is he gets whatever he wants. So if I act and I don't get what I expect, to him be the glory. If I act and I get exactly what I expect, to him be the glory. Do you see how this works out? Remember how at the very beginning today I said there's God and not God? So if God's in charge and he's doing stuff, we obey. And then as we're obeying, he's getting glory regardless of the outcome. This pain we're in with our government, if we're only stopping at, well, this doesn't make sense. Why are they doing this? Don't you guys think that this is bad? The radical left is destroying the country. The elections are corrupt. Oh no! It's like we're, we've been we've been trained to diagnose, and it's that this mantra. It's like you know a proper diagnosis is fifty percent of the cure. Well, what about the other fifty percent where you actually do something about it? And if you only listen to people that complain, that's all you get. You get no remedy. You get nothing. I want to go on offense. I'm at war. The pain that I've gone through has taken me from where I was as a, you know, a small business owner running restaurants, having those destroyed, seeing my world melt down around me, having my reputation destroyed for something I didn't say, 
against the power structures of the government and national media to seeing all these things going, the way that I'm engaging the world is I'm playing by the world's system. I'm playing by the world's rules. And that's because I've been trained wrong. I've been trained wrong. I have learned incorrectly. Not to say that what I've learned isn't wrong or factually incorrect, but that the way that I learn, my metacognition, the way that I think about my thinking hasn't enabled me, hasn't been in a way where what I believe impacts the world. And it doesn't do it in the sense that if I'm telling truth, the truth doesn't get out. People say, you know, say the truth. He says the truth. These guys preach the truth. These guys say the truth. Well, but if the truth shall set you free, the truth has a consequence. The truth has an impact. The truth actually does something. Which is why when Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he says he is the way before he says he is the truth. So truth is not just a proposition, a fact, which is what conservatives are great at. It's what Christians are great at. This is the fact. Here's the facts. The facts is the Democrats have 65% of elections on the committee for the fundraising in the District of Ohio. Who cares? That's facts. Facts don't do anything. Ben Shapiro, famous for saying, facts don't care about your feelings. Yeah, but facts don't do jack. They don't do anything in a post-truth world. So now that you know the truth, Jesus says the truth shall set you free. Which means that there's an oppression. It means that there's a slavery. And now that you have the truth, that truth is in direct conflict with what is enslaving you. The oppression, the tyranny, the fear, the danger, all of that stuff is going to be directly engaged with the truth. The truth is a power. The truth has a power that when it is known and embraced and obeyed, it changes things. I want to point out, if I can, kind of a frame, and then we'll get into our how-to for the status. Ezekiel 36, where's my this? Ezekiel, well, shoot, i got to do this bigger. Let's do that bigger. Let's do this bigger. There we go. Ezekiel 36, 26. Boom, boom. There. Ezekiel 36, 26. A new heart also I will give you, and a new spirit I will put in with uh, I'll put within you. And I get out of my way. Uh, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. This idea, a new spirit. A new mind, a new way of thinking, a new way of doing stuff, right? A new heart, you will have a new heart that God gives us, and he will give us a new spirit that we'll have. We will think differently, love differently, do differently. Here's the other part. It's First uh, Thessalonians 5, 21 through 23. This says, Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from the appearance of all evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you. That is to improve you, to embolden you, to strengthen you, uh, to sanctify you, sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the church said, Amen. The point is, we need to learn by the pain that we are in. And learning by the pain that we are in, the very first step is to recognize God is God and we are not. That is, the, that is basics. That is the basic idea. 
God is God and we are not. And then we, when we make that distinction and we have that recognition, that truth that he is holy, 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 and we are not, we are sinners, that truth then should beg the question, well, what does God say about stuff? What does God say about the stuff that's going on? And when we're dealing with our government, if the government is oppressing, if the tyrants are abounding, if the evil is rife through the areas, if there are fires from downed power line poles that are incinerating cores, and then the government interdicts or, or nonprofits siphon off all your money that is freely being uh, the exercise of liberty going to the situation, you need to think not just, well, this is bad and we don't like it, or we don't think climate change leads to the Inflation Reduction Act and we don't like this. You need to think differently because you're in the pain. And the pain that you're in has made you the masters of complaining. And being a master complainer hasn't done jack to help anybody. Well, Jaron, we just need to make people aware. That's the stupidest thing in the world. We need to raise awareness. Raising awareness is done by living out what's true. It's not a, uh, a Facebook follow. It's not a share tweet. It's not a like, comment, subscribe, and whatever. It is living out the truth. It's living it out. That's why Jesus said he is the way. Do what he did. And what he did got himself killed. Which is exactly why people won't want to follow Christ. Because they'll recognize, well, if God is God and we are not, we want to be God so that God can be our equal or God can just be out of the picture. That's just not how things go. And I want to tell you here in a second, I want to go to something where we can now go on offense. I want to go to something and I want to, I want to walk through something about how to learn by the pain. And by learning by the pain, holding fast, proving all things, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. By doing that, what I want to do is I want to demonstrate how to do something differently because you're learning by the pain. All right. Amen. Let's do this thing. Briefly, before we get to the how-to on the status, the best way you can support my work is to go to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren if you want to take the shopping money that you're already doing and switch it over to an American manufacturing company. Please go to the link, sign up, myself or someone that's with me, no one will contact you that I don't know. It's at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. It's a private membership, direct product purchase. You don't have to sell anything. You don't have to tell anybody anything. You will probably want to because the price competitive American manufacturing, uh, great non-hazardous, non-toxic chemical products that are non-godless commie owned are a much better alternative to what you have in the open commerce market today. Cancel any time. The fee is $1 a year annual membership. That ain't bad. Cancel any time. No hassle. No nothing. That's the best way to support my family and my work. Uh, if, if, that's, if you've already done that, if you've already done that, or if you want to support it in another way, there's other opportunities. Those links are in the description below to include Air Roasted Coffee at HumbleWB.Coffee. Do not miss out on your good, humble coffee. All right, now I want to talk about a status. First things first is the Bible says, the Bible says this, prove all things, hold fast to that, hold fast that which is good. What I want to say here is this is not practicing law. I am not giving advice. 
What I am saying, what I am showing is what the law is, and I'm showing you what your rights are and what you, you can do by right. So I'm not practicing law. I'm not giving law advice. I'm saying what you can do, and I'm saying what is your right, and I'm going to show you every single word in the dictionary that it means what it means or it is what it is because that's how I have learned through the pain. The pain that I have been in has allowed me to learn a different way. Shout out to my teacher, Dave Jose, and shout out to the founding fathers of the United States of America who believe their Bible, believe the gospel, and put those ideas in our founding documents to make sure that government was limited. And I'll say one last thing. For people who say that America is exceptional, America, and this is a shout out to Pastor Doug Wilson, America isn't exceptional more so than any other civilization. The Babylonians, the Persians, the Romans, the Greeks, the French, the English, whoever. America is exceptional because Americans at their founding recognized Americans weren't exceptional. Our constitution, the laws in our land, they specifically presuppose the sinful nature of man. And because they presuppose the sinful nature of man, the government is not designed to punish man. The government is designed to prevent ambition of man. That's the issue. So when you have someone, whether it's an attorney, a government official, or whatever, and you want to shove your morality through the government, you need to understand the government does not exist to compel a morality, though it does. The government exists to prevent ambitions being compelled. Because men are sinners, the government in America is designed to defeat or withstand the sinful nature of man. That's brilliant. We're not exceptional because we're better. We're exceptional because we realized we're not exceptional. That is, that is one of the most powerful ideas I've ever heard. All right, so I want to now, let's just do this. Um, where is this screen? And then what I want to do is I want to do this up. I want to undo this. I want to do this down right here so you can see me there. And what we're going to do, where is this? Insert, no, not insert, view, zoom, 150. That way people can see it. All right. When we're talking about status, status is, well, shoot, I'll just, I will just show it. And I can't do that. So hold on, hold on. Let me turn the screen off. What we want to do is we want to do, um, how am I going to do this? Because all my stuff is on this side. So the very first thing we're going to do is we're going to do an affidavit. Or no, no, no. Let's let's first of all let's talk about what our status is. Oh, oh, I'm not going by my my prep. I'm not going by my prep. The first thing I'll do is I'll say, listen, there is a such thing as the Agent Smith effect. I've I've said, I've covered this before. I don't like the Buddhist presupposition or the Gnostic uh, elements to it, but I think it's important. In the movie The Matrix, Agent Smith has the ability to enter any body at any time, and that often happens when the Matrix is threatened by Neo. This scenario is a reflection of our real world. For example, when you're having a conversation with a friend and everything is fine, and you mention, until you mention something like, quote, 9-11 was an inside job. Now watch what happens. Up pops Agent Smith to replace the person you were just having a conversation with to attack you because all truths threaten the Matrix. Most people have had the Agent Smith 
with matrix programming since birth. These programmed people become the guardians of the matrix, protectors of the code, the police of mind control, and enforcers of the indoctrination which holds together our false concept of reality like superglue. Remember, I do not believe the Gnostic presentations. I believe that whenever we are in Christ, we get a new mind, and that is found in Ezekiel. Where are you at? That is found in Ezekiel 3626, a new heart I will give you and a new spirit I will put in you. I also want to go, let's go to, uh, what's it, Romans 12, 2. If we go to Romans 12, 2, uh, Paul says, And be not conformed to this world, but, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good, what that, what is good, or again, so prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So prove all things, hold fast that which is good. How do we know that? Well, we can go to John 17, 17. John 17, 17, Jesus says, Sanctify them, this is his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, Sanctify them, his followers, through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So the reason or the way that we become sanctified is by knowing the truth. And what is the truth? The Bible. So we need to read the Bible. We need to know what the Bible says. And as we do that, we are actually... Um, we're, we're being sanctified or we're getting a new way of thinking. So our new way of thinking needs to go towards our status and a status. Oh, by the way, the reason why I brought up the Agent Smith effect, the reason why I'm saying to prove all things, the reason why I'm saying this stuff is that what I'm about to say, people will say, well, you can't practice law. I'm not practicing law. I'm not practicing law. I'm not a Moor. I'm not a sovereign citizen. I'm not a state national. I, I am one of the people. I'm just, I'm a Christian. I'm one of the people. That is all I am. I, I'm not saying anything fancy. I'm saying what the law is. And I'm demanding strict observance to the letter of the law. That's what I'm demanding. I'm looking at the law, which in America is the Constitution, and I'm demanding strict observance to that law. There will be attorneys who argue and disagree. But you need to understand that what I'm teaching is the law. This is actually what the Constitution is. And by teaching what the Constitution is, you will realize that all attorneys are adding to what the law is. Every single last one of them. Because they've been taught with law schools that train process. And whenever you bring this up, the Agent Smith effect pops. Because the Agent Smith effect is, well, show me the case law. Where did you go to law school? You know, show me the case law or the, the favorite one that the attorneys will say, that's your interpretation. See, if all law is open to interpretation, then there is no such thing as law. Because if truth can't be identified and isn't clear, then there's no such thing as truth. And if there's no such thing as truth, how can you have a law? Your law is chaos because it could be anything. And this is where, whenever you investigate that, this is where people who are attorneys, and my father was an attorney, my father-in-law is an attorney, my uncle is an attorney, and I have good friends that are attorneys. But this is where people need to understand the assistance of counsel is not the same thing as representation by profit. Representation for profit. Completely different things. Completely different things. The workman is worth his wages, but what we have today is not what our founders gave us. The first idea is status. This is from Black's Law Dictionary. This is from, let me show you this. This is from this book, or not that book, this one. This one right here. Oh shoot, my camera just went off. 
<sighs> okay, well, we'll just clear that off. So this is from, no, 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 I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. We got a backup camera, it's just much worse. There we go. We got a backup camera, so we'll go screen off. We'll go this, we'll go this. Nope, I wanna do this. There we go. And we'll turn this one off. Producer of one, producer of one. I don't have a fancy producer, I've got me. But this is this dictionary. Okay, Black's Law Dictionary, fourth edition. Fourth edition. All right, so now let's turn this back on. So our status is standing state or condition, right? The legal relation of individual to rest of to the rest of the community. The rights, duties, capacities and incapacities which determine a person to to a given class. This means that whenever whenever you have an engagement with the law, when the law talks to you, right? Whenever you get sued or something happens, I don't like the way that that looks. Let's do this. When you get sued or something like that happens, right? When when that happens, there is a status in the law. The law will look at you and say, this is your status in relation to the charges brought against you or the law brought against you. So your status is your represent, it's, it's the condition that you have in the law. It's the condition that you have in the law. In fact, um, we can get to our maxims when we go to our maxims here, producer of one screen, when we go to our maxims, I want to go down. So this is a uh, maxims of law, selection of maxims of law, English version con uh, compiled by Charles Weissman. When we go down to, we want to look at status, which is right there. I can't click. So it's 76, legal capacity and status right there. So now let's go all the way down to 76. So this is legal capacity and status. The status of a person, the status of a person is his legal position or condition. So whenever the law comes to you and says that you broke this law or you're being sued under this law or this code applies to you by this, <coughs> excuse me, that they, there is a presumption of your status in the law. And again, status means this. It's your standing, state, or condition. It's the legal relation of individual to the rest of the community. And so what we want to do is uh, we want to write, and we'll go back to this. You guys really need to understand how hard it is to be a producer of one with all this clicking around and cameras and stuff like that. Like you're using all sorts of different neural pathways. So we're going to do ins no not insert view and I want to do 150 so we'll make it bigger. Um, so I'm going to do uh, center align. I'm going to do a affidavit of status standing and jurisdiction. Now uh, to do this let me turn the screen off Nope, let me turn the screen off. I want to look at the uh, affidavit is this. This is the definition of affidavit. An affidavit is a written or printed declaration or statement of facts made voluntarily and confirmed by the oath or affirmation of the party making it, taken before an officer having authority to administer such oath. 
A statement or sworn declaration reduced to writing, a sworn or affirmed before some officer who has authority uh, to administer it. Uh, we can come down here and we can say, uh, you know, right there down at the bottom where it says quotes and affidavits. Affidavits are of two kinds. Those which serve as evidence to advise the court in the decision of some preliminary issue or determination of some substantial right. And those who are merely served to invoke the judicial power. That is critical. You will never have, well, I shouldn't say never, but you will probably never have, probably never have any lawyer actually tell you what an affidavit is, but it's voluntary. It's made under oath, so anything that you say, if it's a lie, you can go to jail. You are claiming facts. You are not saying hearsay. Um, it's firsthand, so it can't be somebody else. And the use of the affidavit, as you just saw right there, the use of the affidavit could be, um, it can serve as evidence to advise the court in the decision of some preliminary issue. What is a preliminary issue? Well, status. Status is a preliminary issue. Why do we say that? Well, because how does the government know who you are if the the government will make a presumption about your standing and your relationship to them? When you're charged with a crime, there is a presumption that you have a relationship with the government according to what the statute or the crime says you are. That's your status. So when district attorney or attorney general or whoever says you are a this, you are a person, you are a whoever, you are a corporation, you are a whatever, that is your status. That is your standing in the law. How do we know that? Because that's the definition of a status. And your affidavit is doing what? Your affidavit is talking about it's giving evidence to advise the court in the decision of some preliminary issue or determination of a substan of substantial right. Now, what was the right? Well, look at that. The rights, duties, capacities, and incapacities which determine a person to a given class. So an affidavit is going to be able to clarify these types of things and, uh, you know, uh, and which those merely serve to invoke the judicial power. So that's what we're writing today. So we are going to be writing an affidavit of status. And again, um, you've heard, uh, where's the thing? Uh, screen. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, okay. Uh, you've heard, where are we at? Okay. We've heard um, people say, you know, change your status to a state national. Uh, you've heard more, the Moors talk about status and all this kind of stuff. This is just, we're just going to be doing a status, standing, and jurisdiction. So we're going to be doing an affidavit, and that affidavit is going to be talking about our status. We define that. This is standing. Standing is one's place in the community in estimation of others, his rel relative position and social, commercial, or moral relations, his repute, grade, or rank, and then your jurisdiction. Jurisdiction is a really big word with a lot of stuff, but I want to say it's this. this see that uh, highlighted portion right there kind of in the middle? It is the authority, capacity, power, or right to act. Now remember, whenever we go to our status, what was the definition of status? It was the legal relation of individual to rest of community. The rights, duties, and capacities and incapacities which determine a person to a given class. So jurisdiction says what? It is the authority, capacity, power, or right to act. So we are going to say we have a status that clarifies our jurisdiction. That's exactly what we're going to be doing. All right, so let's continue. We go to this. We click that off, we click that off, and we go back to this. So we're going to do affidavit of status, standing, and jurisdiction. We've defined that. Two spaces. Then we're going to say notice to principal, or excuse me, notice 
to agent is notice to principal and notice to principal is notice to agent. So this is an agent is one who's um, you know sent on behalf of another. So let's say that you've got a principal. This is be the person that you're sending the correspondence to. This would be you know the president, the governor, the county commissioner, the secretary of state, whoever the the instrument is uh, addressed to. That guy or that lady has people that work for him, the people that receive his correspondence. So this is saying if someone who's designated to receive his correspondence receives this, it's the same as though the principal has received it. And likewise, if the principal receives this, it's the same as though all of his agents receive this. So if you send this to the President of the United States, that means that anybody that the President of the United States is in charge of, that's that guy's agent. The President of the United States has a bunch of agents, and so if you send it to an agent, that guy is now operating in pursuance of the authority of the principal. That's what that means. Okay, I normally uh, bold this stuff, so boom. And then we're going to double click, take off my Kataral B, and now we're going to do our status standing in jurisdiction, which is weird because, well, we, we have to establish this every single time. So the first thing we're going to do, oh, by the way, I do... Um, uh, what's it called? Page. I do uh, legal sized because we're going to actually, you know, send it their way. And then I do fat margins because I'm going to try to fit everything on one single sheet of paper. So I do fat margins. So you've got, and then I go, uh, what's it called? Times New Roman. So I got to do Times New Roman. Times New Roman. There we go. All right. So fat margins, legal paper. Um, okay. There we go. So the first thing is we're going to say affiant. All right, what's an affiant? Well, let's go back to our jurisdiction while I pull this up. Affiant is, where are you at, affiant? This, here is affiant. This is the definition of affiant. Right there. Affiant, the person who makes and subscribes an affidavit. The word is used in this sense interchangeably with deponent, but the latter term should be reserved as the designation of one who makes a deposition. Now, what's being very clear here is that... Um, Whenever you make an affidavit, you are swearing under oath, under penalty of perjury, that what you're saying is true. So you can be deposed. An affidavit is prima facie evidence, which means it's on its face, it is evidence, which means it can be rebutted, it can be argued, it can be denied, but it has to be denied with evidence, which means that whoever denies your affidavit or argues against your affidavit also has to be sworn under penalty of perjury. Does that make sense? Okay, so we are now an affiant, so we're coming as an affiant, and I'm just gonna say Jaron Jackson, because that's me. And then I'm gonna say one of the people. This is who I am. I am one of the people. In fact, if we go back to our, uh, let me do this, let me do this, where's my this, and click this, we'll take this off. So I go to my state constitutions, and I'm going to go down to Oklahoma, Ballotpedia, State Constitutions, here's your Oklahoma Constitution. Uh, we're going to go to Bill of Rights, click that. Article, Article 2 of the Oklahoma Constitution, Section 1, says all political power is inherent in the people. So if the, all political power is inherent in the people, then I want to become one of them. So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm one of these guys. I'm one of the people that says, or that the Constitution says has all political power. The Constitution says what? The people 
all political power is inherent in the people. So I'm one of them, which is exactly what we are saying in our affidavit. Affiant, Jaron Jackson, one of the people. That right there is my status. Remember, status is what? Status is sta standing state or condition, the legal relation of individual to rest of the community, the rights, duties, capacities, and incapacities which determine a person to a given class. My given class in the law is one of the people. So I am coming as someone in the Constitution that is literally said, here is your rights, here are your duties, here are your capacities, your incapacities, which determine a person to a given class. And I'm going to declare that I am one of the people. Now the beauty of this is that it's in the Constitution, but it's also people would have to swear under oath to say that I'm not. So I'm going to say one of the people, as seen in the Oklahoma Constitution, uh, Article 2, Section 1, and that is what we just read right here. So I'm telling whoever's receiving this document, hey, here's the Oklahoma Constitution, Article 2, which is what? The Bill of Rights. Article 2 is the Bill of Rights in your state constitution, in the Oklahoma Constitution. Article 2, Section 1, all political power is inherent in the people, right? And government is instituted for their protection, security, and benefit. So now I, as one of the people, get the expressed, which is written, I get the specific advantage of government, or I shouldn't say advantage, it is my right that government is instituted, created, for my protection, security, and benefit. So whenever I tell people I'm one of the people, that's exactly what I'm telling them. I'm telling them I am one of the people, all political power is inherent in the people, and government is instituted for my security, protection, and benefit. That is who I am. That is what I am swearing to. I am swearing that I am that. Okay. Now I want to say republic, Republican in form. Now let's bring this up. Let's go back to this. Go back to where we at? Where we at? Where we at? Uh, so let's go to um, uh, republic. Here is the definition of republic. So republic is a commonwealth, that form of government in which the administration of affairs is open to all the citizens. Uh, so the administration, so the, 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 the control, managing the affairs, it's open, its affairs is open to all the citizens. Well, I'm coming as one of the people, and the people have all political power, so I am definitely within that realm. Now, Republican government, look at that. A government in the Republican form. A government of the people. I am one of the people. Right there. A government of the people. I am one of the people. A government by representatives chosen by the people. So I'm coming as someone who chooses government. I'm coming as someone who the government is supporting. But it's also, let's look up the definition of form, because form is important. A model or skeleton of an instrument, right there in the middle, uh, to be used in a judicial proceeding. Ooh, so we're actually coming in the form by instrument that would be used in a judicial proceeding containing the principal necessary matters. The principal necessary matters, the things that are most important. The main thing. What's the main thing here? The main thing is my status. I am one of the people. People have all political power. The government is literally designed by me to benefit me. That's who I am. That's the form. So uh, then I want to say, um, 
you know you could talk about forms of action so you just read all sorts of stuff but forms of action uh, you talk about the common law right there's all sorts of stuff going on but matter of form this is this is this is cool in pleadings in indictments in affidavits conveyances etc matter of form as distinguished from matter of substance you see that difference the difference between form and substance is that the form is the actual frame. It's the skeleton. It's the backbone. It's the, it is the infrastructure. It is the foundation. And it is more important than the substance. You put the frame of the building up before you put the windows on. Windows are substance. Frame is the foundation. Does that make sense? And it all relates to the mode, form, or style of expressing the facts involved. The choice or arrangement of words and other such particulars without affecting the substantial validity uh, or sufficiency of the instrument or without going to the merits. So before anyone ever looks at the merits, they're going to have to look at the form. What's the form? Well, we are Republican in form. What does it mean to be Republican form? Right there. A government in Republican form, a government of the people, a government by representatives chosen by the people. That is exactly what we are doing, which is why we're doing it. All right, let's kick off that. So Republican form, and I now want to go sui juris, sui juris. This is my jurisdiction, and this is Latin, so we want to make this italicized. And uh, let me go back to this. Sorry, folks, I should have uh, repostured stuff. Um, where are we at? Sui juris. This is sui juris. Remember, Black's Law Dictionary. This is the dictionary that courts use. This is the dictionary law schools use. This is the dictionary attorneys use. Sui juris, Latin, of his own right. Now, where did we see that before? Where did we see that before? We saw that as status. The rights, duties, capacities, and incapacities which determine a person to a given class. So, I'm coming here of my own right. But who am I? Who am I to have the right to do what I'm doing? Simple. I'm one of the people. All political power is inherent in me. And the government is literally instituted for my protection, security, benefit, and to promote my welfare. The general welfare, but I'm of the people. I'm of the general welfare. And they, one of the people, the people, have the right to alter or reform the same whenever the public good may require it. Whenever. That's any time. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, as long as it's lawful, provided such change be not repugnant to the Constitution of the United States. Right? This doesn't mean that I just do whatever. That's that's where people go wrong. That's where people go wrong with, like, the sovereign citizen stuff. That's where people go wrong with, um, you know, they go wrong with, well, I could do whatever I, wrong, I, I, I want. Your laws don't affect me. That's not That's not what we're saying. I'm not saying you can do whatever you want. I'm saying that people in America move by the common law. People in America hold their rights. Do you want me to show you that? Okay, let's let's show you the proof. We hold our rights. So you've ever heard of law of the land? This is the definition of law of the land, right? Due process of law. By the law of the land is most clearly intended the general law, general, that means it's the, the overarching one, it's the highest one, which hears before it condemns. It hears before it condemns, which means every single person gets the same process upon inquiry and renders judgment only after trial. The meaning, this is critical, the meaning is that every citizen shall hold his life, liberty, property, and immunities under the protection of general rules which govern society. And isn't that exactly what the status is? Your status is your rights, duties, capacities, and incapacities, which determine a position or a person to a given class. We are telling the government who we are. 
We're telling the government their relationship to us. Their relationship to us, according to the law of the land, is that we hold our rights. So whenever I come to them and I say, I'm holding my rights and I'm going to write an affidavit and I'm going to tell you who I am, I can do that by right, which is sui juris. I could do that because we're Republican government, which is the administration of the affairs of government is open to all the citizens. And I can do that because God gave me my rights and government can't limit them. And by telling, by swearing, by making a claim of who I am in relation to government, they, they, they can't argue with this. There's no argument with this. All right, so let's get back to our, let's, let's hurry up because I talk too much. We do uh, screen. So we want to go sui juris, and then we want to say, uh, do serve you. And then you can say, you know, government official, government official. Um, you know, this affidavit by necessity, can't spell necessity, uh, that you may provide, can't spell, provide immediate due care. And what we're doing there is, uh, so you send it to your government official. I'll let you guys figure out. I'm not going to answer the question, so don't ask me. Um, but you can figure out what government official you would need to do correspondence to in order to correct your status in the law. Uh, this affidavit, we've defined that by necessity. This means that it's important and that we're commanding. We're using a controlling force that they can't resolve, that they can't, uh, um, they can't um, stop, they can't respond. I can't, uh, they can't um, stop it. So, you know, by necessity means that this is of critical importance. That you may provide immediate due care. So this is saying that they have notice. They have specific notice of exactly what we're saying. All right, now we want to say affiant claims that. And I always do a um, bold right there so that it pops. And then we're going to take our bold off. And so I want to just say that uh, affiant claims that affiant's status, standing, and jurisdiction in the law is as one of the people. See evidence below. Okay, so what we're just saying, this is what I'm swearing to. I'm swearing that my status, standing, and jurisdiction in the law is as one of the people. And whenever we understand that my status, standing, and jurisdiction is right there, I'm telling the government, treat me like that, those people. Government, treat me like these people right here. Treat me like this. This is who you're treating. This is who you're talking to. This is how you treat me. You understand? Because the people also have right to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, enjoyment of the gains of their industry. Right? We've got the right to peaceably assemble for their good. They, like This is what people have. People have these rights. So that's what we're doing. We're telling the government that's who we are. That's exactly what we're doing. Now, I want to do this because um, let me jump over to John Locke. Now, there will be... So John Locke was a formative figure in the founder's understanding of law. There will be people who say that uh, John Locke was dead way before the Constitution was written, and the answer is amen. I was alive thousands of years after the Bible was written, but that doesn't mean the Bible hasn't had a formative impact and a decisive impact on my thinking. Amen. So John Locke was who the founders quoted. They were he was who the founders read. So John Locke is the he is an authority on government in America. 
If you're quoting John Locke, you are telling the judge, you're telling the government, you're telling whoever is in the United States who's sworn to the Constitution, you are speaking to like the Abraham. You're speaking to somebody who is foundational in how government works. And so his book, Two Treaties of Government, is critical to understanding what the government is all about. Let me click that thing off. Um, so now what I want to do here, because this is a PDF function, I want to go to legislative. And I just, I, you know, I kind of cheated, but, you know, because I've done this before. But uh, you can look at the extent of the legislature, talks about 162. But I want to do, um, what was it? Okay, that's what I want, that's what I want to quote. I just want to co uh, quote his chapter four on slavery. So again, you, you can do this, or we can go down to, what was it, 162? Let's go down to 162. 162. Sorry, folks. 162. Where are we at? And if you're like, you know, this is what it looks like, folks. You you have to you have to like read. You got it, it's not seamless. Uh, the ends of political society. Where was the limitations of the legislature? Where was that? Sorry if it's giving you uh, beginnings of political society. No, that's not it. Ends of political society, political government, forms of the commonwealth, the extent of the legislative power. Look at that. So this is the extent of the legislative power. So if anyone ever argues with you, what's the legislative power? This, I mean, John Locke is literally telling you what the legislative power is, and that's what our founders thought. This is what our founders thought. This is what they agreed to. This is what was forming them, not judicial precedent, not case law, not uh, what some judge says. This is what they're thinking. They're thinking with the maxims of law, which is, which is right here. They're thinking with the maxims of law, which is the fundamental principles of law, and they're thinking John Locke. So when it says, the, of the extent of the legislative power, it says, the great end of men's entering into society being the enjoyment of their properties in peace and safety. Look at that. If you're in a society, you have the enjoyment of your properties and peace and safety. Look at that. That is literally why we enter society. I mean, that right there is a great quote. The reason why we're in society is to enjoy our property and peace and safety. Wow, isn't that massively powerful compared to today? And the great instrument and means of that being the laws established in that society. The purpose of law is to do what? The instrument, the tool. This is why when attorneys say they're open to interpretation, they're lying to you. A law isn't open to, to interpretation because the purpose of going into society is literally to enjoy your property in peace and safety. That's it. That is it. And the great instrument and means of that being laws established in that society. The first and fundamental positive law passed by the legislature of all commonwealths is the establishing of the legislative power as the first and fundamental natural law which is to govern even the legislative. So this is saying that every society first has its natural right to pass its own laws, the right to self-determination, the right to choose, the power to determine what the law is. That is what Locke is saying. And Locke is saying that even governs the legislature. So the legislature can't just write whatever. The legislature has to write only what the legislature is allowed to write. So if the legislature isn't allowed to write something that the legislature isn't allowed, if the legislature is told they can't write something, then the legislature doesn't have the power to write something.
So if someone says the necessary and proper clause says that they can do whatever they need to do, well, let's look that up. Let's see if that's the truth. Let's go to our United States Constitution. We'll go to Article 1, the legislative branch, and we'll go to Section 8, which is where that's found. Article 1, Section 8, the U.S. Constitution. You'll find this. To make all laws necessary, which, uh, which shall be necessary and proper for carrying into execution the foregoing powers. Which means that if it ain't listed in the previous 17 clauses, then that ain't a foregoing power. Education is not mentioned here except for limited time to authors and inventors for the exclusive right of their uh, writings and discoveries. Right? To promote the progress in science and useful arts. It's talking about your uh, patents protection of intellectual property so that if you have an idea you can bring it to market and you don't have to worry about someone stealing it before you can get your you know your feet underneath you has nothing to do about gender jumping or gender queer or any of this other stuff so when people say well it's it's up to the necessary and proper clause no 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 the necessary and proper clause is limited to the foregoing powers that's exactly what Locke is saying the the fundamental natural law is to govern the legislative, which means the legislature can only have what has been given. You know, this is this is this is the uh, the trust argument. I mean, like I could do. Uh, let's let's do this. Let's do um, uh, express or tacit. Look at that. Political power. Look at this. Political power is that power in which every man in the state of nature has given up into the hands of society and there into the governors with whom the society hath set over itself with this express or tacit trust. Government is a trust, which means it can only do that which has been given. And if the government hasn't been given a power, the foregoing powers are the powers that's been given up here, then the Congress can't write a le legislation about it. So whenever we go to John Locke, and we're trying to find ourselves, let's go back to, um, let's go back to the legislative. When we go back to John Locke, and we read, um, what was I doing? Uh, da, 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 da. I want to go, where are we at? We're down here, I want to go up here. Is this where I want? I want this one. Yep, this is what I want. The natural liberty of man is to be free from any superior power on earth and not to be under the will or legislative authority of man, but to have only the law of nature as his rule. So if you're not in society, you can't have any you know, legislature over you because the rule of nature is that you are by yourself. But look at this. The liberty of man in society, I'm in a society, this is where when people say they're sovereign citizens, it's garbage. This is where when people say they don't, you know, I, I don't have any laws govern me, they're stupid. Because if you're in a society, there are laws. If you're in a society, there are laws. But it says here, the liberty of man in a society is to be under no other legislative power but that established by consent in the commonwealth nor under the dominion of any will or restraint of law, but what the legislature, legislative shall enact according to the trust put in it. Right? The trust is the document. It's the, the Constitution. So the powers that are given to the U.S. Congress are what the U.S. Congress can legislate on. So if we go back to our, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, our affidavit. We want to say this is John Locke. Um... And what was it? The second treaties, treaties of government. And we want to do, what was that? This is chapter four. So we want to do chapter four, 
what's the thing? Section 21. So I'll say section 21. And what page is that on? 115, 114? Page 114. Right? And I'm going to make that bold because this is my evidence. And what I'm going to do? Uh, what does I say? Bold? Yep. Then I'm going to say, let's just do, um, let's do this. And I'm going to see if I can't. No, no, stop. Copy. Paste. I want to make sure it's Times Roman. It is. Then I put quotes on it. quotes on it and then we're just gonna put put that it and because because what this is doing this evidence right here is is supporting the idea that my status standing jurisdiction in law is as one of the people what I'm saying is that the liberty of man in society is to be under no other legislative power but that which has been established by consent in the Commonwealth well the question is what has been established by consent in the Commonwealth simple the Constitution and the Oklahoma Constitution has established that all political power is inherent in the people. So I'm literally just telling them, hey, uh, what's established by consent in the Commonwealth, the Constitution, I'm I'm those guys because those guys have all the political power. So I'm one of the people, and that's what everyone in society agreed to. Everyone in society agreed to it. So the liberty of man in society is to be under no other legislative power, but that established by consent in the Commonwealth. So now the question is, what legislative power does the legislature have, does the government have to regulate the people? That's a great question. I'll let you guys figure that one out. Uh, but so that's what we want to do. And then we want to say uh, more, uh, let's go Oklahoma Constitution, because we'll show them where they agreed to it. Article 2, Section 1. And we'll just say political power, I think is what it is. Yep, political power, purpose of government. Purpose of government. And then we'll do the colon, and then we'll do the bold, and then we'll come down here, do unbold, and then I want to do this. Oh shoot, maybe I can do, because it does a stupid little box, maybe I'll just cut it off. Okay, yeah, good. All and then states and then quotations and then make sure it's Times New Roman there we go now what I want to do here um, yeah I, I want to stress this so I'm gonna do boom boom and then because I added to it I'll say emphasis added and then what I'm doing is I'm just telling, hey, this is this is where this emphasis is added. And then what I want to do is I want to bring up a maxim of law, because the maxims are the fundamental principles of law. Which um, you know what? Let me let me bring that up because I didn't I didn't get that definition. But let me bring it up and I'll show you in the. Let me uh, where are you at? This. Let me find it. Where is a pen? A maxim. Stupid. 
a maxim. A maxim are but attempted general statements of rules of law and are law only to the extent application in adjudicated cases. An established principle or proposition, a principle of law universally admitted, so it's universally admitted, so everyone agrees with it. This is this is this is the maxims, folks. The definition of maxim says that everyone agrees with it, universally admitted as being a correct statement of the law or as agreeable to reason. Edward Koch was a, a big dude in the common law. He comes down and he says, a maxim is a proposition to be of all men confessed. So everyone agrees with it. Everyone says it's true and granted without proof, argument, or discourse. So when someone says, well, what are the maxims? We get to say, well, the maxims are agreed. They're agreed to. They're universally accepted. You can't argue with them because they're maxims. This is what frustrates uh, attorneys because attorneys and judges in law schools will say, well, what about the case law? And this is where we go back to what the law of the land is. If we go to the law of the land, remember the law of the land is due process. Remember the meaning is uh, that every citizen shall hold his life, liberty, property, and immunities under their protection. So the citizens in the law of the land the citizens hold their rights, not the government, not the courts, not the police, not the governors. The citizens do. In law of the that's law of the land. In law of the case, which is case law, law of the case is the decision, judgment, opinions, or rulings on former appeal or writ of error become law of the case. So when judges make judgments, that is law of the case. So when someone says, I got to know the case law, they are not saying the law of the land. The law of the land is not law of the case. Why is this important? When we go to our uh, U.S. Constitution and we look at the screen, we go to our Constitution and we go back to, let's go U.S. Constitution, Article 6, Section or Clause 3. Or excuse me, uh, you know, Clause 2. Article 6, U.S. Constitution. Article 6, Clause 2. This Constitution. This one. Which one? The United States Constitution. United States Constitution and the laws of the United States which shall be made in pursuance thereof and all treaties made or which shall be made under the authority of the United States shall be the supreme law of the land. We have law of the land. We do not have law of the case. We do not have law of the case. We have law of the land, which means the people hold their own rights. We do not have law according to judges' decisions. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? And I'm showing you 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, prove all things. I'm proving it to you. The Constitution says law of the land. There it is. Law of the land. There it is. And the judges in every state shall be bound thereby. Judges are bound to what? The Constitution. But that is the law of the land. The law of the land is where we hold our rights. The law of the case is where judges make decisions. So when you hear anybody, literally anybody, saying, well, i got to know what the case law is, they are not standing on your constitution. They are not understanding that people hold their rights. The citizens of the of the country hold their rights in law of the land. They're fundamentally flawed, fundamentally uh, wrong. All right, uh, now let's go back to our this. 
So this is what we're okay. Okay, so the so the maxims of law. I got distracted. Maxims of law. I want to do. Let's go to the maxims, and I want to do. Which one do I want to do? Um, I want to go to status. Remember, we wanted to do status. So we'll go to legal capacity and status right there. Okay. Now we'll scroll down to section 73 right there. No, no, no. Yep. Nope. 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 74. There we go. And we just want to say this, the status of a person is his legal position or condition. So that's what we'll do. So let's bring this back up. We just want to say, what was it? The status of a person is his legal uh, position or condition. And then what was it? We want to do black, and then you want to write this, black second 1107, Barney verse Tortulet 138, mass 108. Okay, so that is, what was it? Um, uh, Blacks second 1107, and then it was, what was it? Barney verse Tortulet, I think it was, 138, mass 108. Is that what it was? To Tollet, Black Second Eleven O Seven, Black Second Eleven O Seven, Barney versus Tortollet. So there's an R. R. One thirty eight mass one oh eight. One thirty eight mass one oh eight. Okay, cool. And then you want to do boom. Now this means right here. This is our argument. So when an attorney would cite a case law. They would cite Roe v. Wade or, you know, name any case, name any, you know, Supreme Court precedent, name any case that you would want. Case law, precedent. This is us instead stating a maxim. So whereas case law and precedent can be overturned, which is why we don't have case law in this nation. We don't have case law in this nation. Just because courts use case law and law schools teach case law and lawyers argue case law doesn't mean we have case law we have law of the land where everybody holds their rights in their power and remember if you go back to the definition of jurisdiction what was it definition of jurisdiction is the authority capacity power or right to act so we hold our rights I hold my liberty. I hold my life. I hold my property. I do. Not the government, not the county court of records, not the, you know, the uh, FBI, not the governor. No one holds Jaron's rights. Jaron holds Jaron's rights. So when someone comes to Jaron, Jaron being the holder of his rights and in the capacity in the law to hold my rights, I may use my rights freely because they are my rights Thank you, Jesus. Instead, what case law does is it treats the it treats the type of case as uh, you know not to deviate from the case. So let's say uh, someone comes and takes my hat. Well, then there would be case law on when a hat is taken, and then an attorney. Let's say that the next, so that's the case one, and that would establish the precedent. That's stare decisis, which is which is a hoax. So let's say that stare decisis is, you know, the very first time someone took someone's hat. Well, what happens next time when someone takes someone's eraser? Now, Jaron has a hat and someone took his hat. 
Well, so now there's a court case on that, and the case law is when someone takes Jaron's hat, here's what the ruling was. And they will say, you can't take his hat because it was on his head. And that would be the that would be the like the summary. You know, when people use, well, the case of blah blah blah, they don't actually read the whole thing, they just use a snippet. Which is why you never use snippets from cases, because you don't know what the case is actually about, and you don't know the context of the snippet. Make sense? So if someone says, we're going to take this hat off, and the judge says, well, you can't take the hat off because it's on his head. And now that is case law. You know, Jackson versus hat taker. So Jackson versus hat taker is, you can't take his hat because the hat's on the head. Well, now let's say someone comes and takes my eraser. So now you would say, well, in Jackson versus hat taker, you can't take the hat because it's on his head. And then some attorney would say, well, the the uh, the eraser wasn't on his head, so you can't use that case law. So then the judge in the eraser case would say, well, I grant that the precedent of Jackson versus hat taker is that you can't take the hat on the head. But the facts of this case is that the eraser was in his hand, and the hand is a different body part than the head. And so in this Jackson versus eraser taker, now there's this court precedent. In both situations, this is my property. This is my property. I don't need case law of Jer Jackson versus hat taker. I don't need case law of Jackson versus eraser taker. They're both mine. Don't take my stuff. <laughs> don't take my stuff. So this is why case law is a hoax. It's not real. And, uh, don't get me wrong. Like That is absolutely what is going on in the nation today. That is absolutely what judges do. It's what the courts do. It's what lawyers argue. It's what law schools teach. But that is not, that is not the law of the land. That is not the law of the land. And the law of the land, by definition, and by the expressed inclusion of the Constitution, is what the Constitution says. The Constitution says, law of the land. Law of the land. The Constitution does not say, case law law of the case is the decision judgment opinion or rulings of the former or writ of error and the reason why this is so dangerous is that if you can have judges passing case law well then that is effectively legislating from the bench and here's the thing because you can't have a merging of the powers if i go back to my um if i go back to my uh to my oklahoma constitution if i go to article four let me bring up this screen. If I go to Article 4, separation of powers. And so the powers of the... This is Oklahoma Constitution. No, stupid. Article 4, Oklahoma Constitution, uh, is not the same thing. Article 4, Section 1. The powers of the government of the state of Oklahoma shall be divided into three separate departments. The legislative, executive, judicial. And except as provided in this Constitution, the legislative, executive, and judicial departments of government shall be separate and distinct, and neither shall exercise the powers properly belonging to the others. So whenever you have case law, you have judges making law, which is a form of legislation. They're using a form of legislative power because they're determining the subject matter of that issue. They're saying, anytime we talk about this subject matter, hats erasers you have to refer to what that judge said and that's not the law of the land i hold my rights that's the law of the land the constitution says it the constitution says judges can't make precedent can't make case law it literally says that that your state constitutions are gonna say you guys can't blend 
the the judge can't use executive power. They can't blend. Case law is the judge acting as a legislator. So whenever you have attorneys that are using the state annotateds, what they're doing is they're looking at the subject matter for what that issue is. And they're finding themselves a little verbiage in the case law where a judge said how that subject should be treated under the law. And I'm saying that's not what the Constitution says. Like I'm showing you the Constitution disagrees with case law. So you can argue what you want, but I'm I'm saying what's true. And this is where people will say, but that's not what happens. Well, that's pragmatism. That's not truth. What we're doing is we're looking at what's true. The Bible says to prove all things. The Bible says to hold fast that which is good. This is true. This is what the law is. There is no interpretation here. We're literally showing you what these words say. All right, let's go back. Let's finish this. So what we wanted to say is that. Maxim of law, the status of a person is his legal position or condition. I am claiming, we are claiming, we're swearing to the fact that we are one of the people. And we showed where it was in the Constitution, we showed, and then we just made the claim. Here's my claim. Now, here's where you can start to get specific, and this is where you want to get some remedy. You want to say, affiant demands that, excuse me, because we ain't playing. We demand, we're demanding. Remember, we come by necessity. We come by necessity. We demand that, let me take my, uh, I did. We demand that what you show, and remember, we're talking to whatever government official. Excuse me, we demand that you show in writing, because remember, expressed instruments, written instruments is how we, uh, um, that's how we're conveying our, our ideas. It's how we're conveying uh, authority, capacity, and rights. You show in writing submitted by affidavit, because if I'm swearing under the if I'm swearing under penalty of perjury, then you got to swear under penalty of perjury if you disagree with me. Submitted by affidavit, sworn under penalty of perjury, and I'll say postmarked postmarked uh, within seven days. I'll give you a week. Uh, days receipt of this affidavit. Any evidence uh, that proves affiance, you never want to refer to yourself, you always want to refer to who you are, or you always want to refer to, you know, who you are on the instrument. Uh, you know, affiance status, standing, and jurisdiction, jurisdiction uh, in law is not as one of the people. So what we're doing is we're saying... I'm swearing to the fact that I am one of the people. My, I'm, I'm swearing that my status, standing, and jurisdiction in the law is as one of the people. Okay, that's what I'm swearing to. I'm swearing that I am one of the people. And I'm saying you have to respond submitted in writing, submitted by affidavit, sworn under penalty of perjury, and post back to me within seven days that you receive this. Any evidence, and evidence is going to be by swearing, evidence is going to be by law. You show me the law. Show me the law that says that Jaron Jackson is not one of the people. Show me that. Show me the law where, where the people can't express who they are in the law. Show me that. Show me the law where the government gets to say, the people shall, the people must. Show me where I don't have the right to do this. Show me where the Oklahoma Constitution, Article 2, Section 1, doesn't have people written in it. Show me that this isn't a Republican form of government. Show me that. Show me any evidence. Any evidence. 
Show me anything, anything that proves affiant's status, standing, and jurisdiction in the law, or in law, is not one of the people. I'm making a claim, and I'm demanding you swear under penalty of perjury that it's not true. Show me I'm wrong. Show me I'm wrong. You see how this is a completely different paradigm. No one does this with their government. Show me I'm not one of the people. Um, what do I want to say? Or, uh, by tacit acquiescence. Acquiescence. So, tacit acquiescence is an idea. Uh, let, me, let me just show you. Let me just show you. Let me show you. Tacit. Remember, tacit was a word that we used, or it was a word that John Locke used. Where's my mouse? Where's my mouse? There's my mouse. Um, so let's go back to this. I want to look up tacit. I hope this. I hope this is worth something. Uh, and you, you, you do. You make your own decisions. You make your own decisions. Who you want to send it to? What you want to do? How you want to do it? That's on you. You need to. I'm. I'm showing you stuff. Tacit, 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 tacit acceptance. Here we go. Um, get this. Where's that tacit? Oh, the stinking. Here we go. Um, where are you at? Tacit is existing, inferred, or understood without being open. Oh, shoot, my light is horrible. Existing, inferred, or understood without being openly expressed or stated. So whenever I'm saying, uh, you know, you, you know, you got to tell me I'm wrong, or it's inferred that you are responding. Uh, so um, implied by silent or silent acquiescence. So acquiescence is in the definition of tacit. Understood, implied as a tacit agreement. So there's actually agreement here. And so if you're putting something in writing like this. And you literally say, give me back a response, or you agree, that is a lawful document, folks. That is a lawful document. Um, done or made in silence, implied uh, or indicated, but not actually expressed, right? So if they don't actually write something back to me, they are tacitly uh, responding. Um, manifested by the refraining from contradiction. Remember, manifested by the refraining from contradiction. So tacit happens when someone doesn't contradict or object. What am I doing? I'm saying, show me that you got evidence I'm not one of the people or you agree. Show me the evidence where I'm not one of the people or you agree. And here's the law books. This is Black's Law Dictionary. It literally says it manifests, it comes about, it happens when someone doesn't respond or contradicts me or objects. Inferred from the situation or circumstances in the absence of express matter, which is written document, written matter. Now, <clears throat> I also want to talk about, and I also want to show, acquiescence. Because that is a powerful word. That is a powerful word. Acquiescence. A C Q. Acquiescence. A lot of ACTs. Acquiescence. Here we go. Acquiescence. So both of these words are in the law books. 
Both of these words are in the law books. Tacit acquiescence, both of these words, is in Black Law Dictionary. So if anyone says, that's not a legal word, they're, they just don't know. They're literally not reading the book. Uh, conduct, conduct recognizing the existence of a transaction. A transaction. So there's something being given. And intended, in some extent at least, to carry the transaction or permit it to be carried into effect. So if you acquiesce, you're recognizing that something goes into effect. It is some act, not deliberately intended to ratify a former transaction known to be voidable, but recognizing the transaction as existing. And intended in some intent, extent, at least to carry it into effect and to obtain or claim the benefits. Claim the benefits. What benefit could you be claiming? Well, if I'm in the law, I could be claiming the fact that well, if I'm one of the people, I'm claiming the benefit of what? Government. So if I'm one of the people, and I say I'm one of the people, and they acquiesce to it, then I'm claiming the what? The benefit. I'm claiming the benefits resulting from it, and thus differs from confirmation, which implies a deliberate act intended to renew or ratify a transaction known to be voidable. Right? And we see, uh, do I want to do that? So it, it goes on to, to talk about other stuff, but it's an agreement, right? It presupposes knowledge and assent. So, so in the law, in the law, when someone acquiesces, it presupposes that they know about it and they assent, which is agree. They agree to this, folks. So if they don't respond, they agree. If they don't respond to what we're writing, they agree to what we're writing. Now, why would that be important? Why is it important? Why is it important that they acquiesce to what we're writing? Because if they acquiesce to what we're writing, they agree that our status, standing, and jurisdiction in law is one of the people. So then you get to say, okay, show me, show, you get charged with a crime, show me who's who's that subject matter for? <laughs> who's, that, who's that thing for? Um, uh, okay, so let's keep going. Status, standing, jurisdiction, where, uh, or you agree. So I'm writing what they do. Like I'm agree, I'm writing. If they don't respond, we've already looked up these definitions, but if they don't respond, I'm literally writing. You agree that affiance, status, standing, and jurisdiction in law, uh, is as one of the people. And this affidavit will or uh, shall shall stand as evidence and true and law boom and then you want to put like your verification part and you can get that uh, there's all sorts of places you can get that you can go to common what's it uh, the common law seminar commonlawpeople.com uh, to get examples and all that kind of stuff but but that's it that's it you writing this and then I would you know again no advice you can do whatever you want uh, it's free country and I just showed you what your political status was. But right there, uh, you've got John Locke. You've got your constitution affirming it. And you're saying, here's the terms and conditions. Prove to me that I'm not one of the people. If you can't prove to me that I am not one of the people, then that means you agree that I am one of the people. And here's the deal. Like whenever you, uh, you know, whenever you do this, if you sent this, you know, if you sent this in a way that you can prove that you sent it, and you have proof that you sent it, then it stands. So anyway, this is just another demonstration of how to status because there's people that teach all sorts of stuff. What I showed you was what the law is.
I showed you the law. I showed you the meanings of the words. I showed you uh, the power where you can. I showed you the jurisdiction according to the Constitution. I specified what the law is and what the law is not. Um, and I, sho I showed you the books. I did, I did not use any of Jaron's knowledge. I didn't use any of my opinions. I didn't use anything that I heard from somebody, even though I you know, have been taught, but I verified. The Bible says to prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. I showed every single word that is being used with strict observance to the definition. And you've got the right to do that. Because the Constitution reflects a worldview that Jesus gives us our rights. People people haven't been taught this. And people would, we go back to our, um, what's it, our Agent Smith. We go back to our Agent Smith, um, you know, we go back to our Agent Smith thing. This is the Agent Smith effect. Attorneys are going to hear this and they're going to say that's not true. What Jaron's teaching is not true. This, the, the, That's exactly what they're going to say. They're going to say that's not true. That's a hoax. They're going to say that that won't stand in court. They're going to say that's not the law. They're going to say all that stuff. Because that's, this isn't what they're taught. They aren't taught that, that people, by right, can engage their government. They're not taught this. Because you can understand why. Like, you could do this for free right now. Like, there's nothing stopping you from doing this. And this... You know, you you send it legal sized. You send it in a way that you understand that you get it back. You swear to it. You get a notary public to to you know you you uh, oath and affirm it. You take it to the courthouse, oath and affirm it. Uh, you know wherever you can oath and affirm, take it to wherever you can oath and affirm. But you do that. That that's a lawful document. That's a lawful document. And this isn't practicing law. This is asserting your rights. If practicing law is asserting your rights, well, then how could you have a license to assert your rights? Because if you can assert your rights, then you're not practicing law. You're actually performing your duty. You're either performing your duty by administering, you know, managing the affairs of government in a republic, or you are freely using your, your rights, which you can do and government can't regulate against. So which one is it? Am I regulating, am I uh, administering government in Republican form as I'm guaranteed to because that's the form of government we have and you can't write a law against that? Or am I exercising my rights that come from God and no government can trespass those rights because the Constitution tells them they can't? Which one is it? <laughs> and whenever you say, uh, when you, when you say, uh, well, you can't practice law without a license. I'm not practicing law. No one's practicing here. I'm not practicing nothing. I'm asserting my rights by law, according to the Constitution. I just showed you all the words. Anyway, I hope this was helpful. Give me feedback. Uh, there's ways you can support me. Like I said, the patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Switch to shopping all the way over. It's a great way to do stuff. Humblewb.coffee for air roasted coffee. Or if you just want to be a recurring uh, love gift member, people just help me out every month. I appreciate that. Those links are in the description below. The most important thing is the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. When you understand what words mean, when you understand what the truth is, you won't just let life happen to you. You will engage. You will go. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God but by me. When you believe the gospel, your sins are washed away. You recognize that only God can save you and you need saving. God is God and I am not. You are not God. 
We are sinners, and Jesus took our sin on the cross. His blood washes away those sins. He was buried, you know, buried bodily, bodily buried. His body was buried, and then three days later, he physically rose from the grave. When that physical resurrection happened, it proved everything he said was true. And because it confirms and affirms everything that he said was true, that man's God. He is God. And because he is God, I will worship him. I will obey him. I will do whatever he calls upon me to do. And even though that might not be cool here on earth, it might have negative consequences here on earth. That doesn't mean that he isn't God. It doesn't mean he isn't good. It doesn't mean he doesn't keep his promises. And it doesn't mean I'm not saved. Mm, fires me up. Until next time, Lord willing, we'll be back on Monday. I am Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. Why would you quit knowing this stuff? Why would you quit? Why would you quit knowing this stuff? No, my friends, we're here for war. Go to war. <laughs>